the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Friends near and far, we welcome you to this Sunday service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. The liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe live at WBUR.org. Especially today, we welcome to our nave participants in the New England Regional Youth Conference for the United Church of Christ. Students and leaders both welcome. We encourage your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your self-identification with your own form of ministry, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship. While we have breath, we shall remember and affirm the great goodness in the great hymn of Charles Wesley, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, and truth and love let all men see. In those who up to thee we give, thine holy thine to die and live. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, grateful as we are for the gifts of grace all about us. As we are able, let us stand in the praise of God.
we pray. Almighty God, you have built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Grant us so to be joined together in unity of spirit by their teaching, that we may be a holy temple acceptable to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, we are invited during the Kyrie to offer our own prayers of confession. Our age, as much as and perhaps more than any other, hungers for the language of contrition, longs for the spirit of compunction, yearns for the courage of confession. We face the contrast in our time of abundance and scarcity. We know for sure in our time that not every investment has been fruitful, faithful, or talented. So we sing in our time the one thing needful in an age of various forms of ruin, a desire for pardon and new life. Let us pray. Together, we worship the God of pardon and of peace. You know God to be a pardoning God. This is the gospel. If we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1, and verses 13 to 25. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand, for, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, 
but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
Let us say together verses from Psalm 77 with the Antiphon. to God that he may hear me. In the day of my trouble I seek the Lord, and the night of my hand is stretched out with a wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your words and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among the peoples. With your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. The very deep trembled. The clouds poured out water, the skies thundered, your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the mighty waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of the hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke chapter 9 verses 51 through 62. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, 
but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. The sermon today is an unapologetic, unabashed, direct appeal to you to consider whether you are meant to preach. To see whether or not this is so, you will look at your relationships. Things that really matter are ultimately relational, whether that relationship is with others, with self, or with God. Our friends give us back ourselves. Our sense of presence gives us ourselves. Close relationships count. So do, so too does relationship to the divine. First, close relationships. Here is one quiet account, one testimony, no worse nor better than any other. In our growing up years, we learned to love Jesus in the simple rhythms of the ordinary. We learned to love Jesus in the pause before meals with grace in his name. We learned to love Jesus singing hymns to him in church, at camp, 
in the car. We learned to love Jesus as we read about his life in the Bible. We learned to love Jesus by celebrating his birth in snowy December and his destiny in snow-melting April. We learned to love Jesus by seeing older people love him, really love him, with their hands and their money and their time, and most especially with their choices, and within that, with their choices about things not to say, not to be, not to do. We learned to love Jesus like we learned to speak English, one lisp at a time, one dangling preposition at a time, one new word at a time. The music of Jesus played the accompaniment to all of the growth and decay of life around us, and there was no wall of separation, neither artificial nor sacramental nor communal between our life and his. His life was our life, and our life was his. This sounds romantic, but it is not meant to be. Conflict, envy, hurt, gossip, anger, misjudgment, unfairness, tragedy, hatred, fear, abuse, neglect, betrayal, addiction, and loneliness sat around the table too, around the kitchen table, around the picnic table, around the coffee table, around the communion table. Still, there was a closeness in the Christ who raised us in a nearby, the Empire State, a pine needle Adirondack Christ with the dawn scent of the forest primeval, a sunlit Finger Lake Christ, a blue-collar Erie Canal Christ, a blizzard Christ, an autumn peak Christ, a high summer Christ, a Christ with mud on Easter shoes. You could say that we were more gospel people than letter people, more Peter than Paul, more Good Samaritan than justification by faith, more Methodist than Presbyterian. There was no forced or feigned distance between Jesus and us, between his life and our own. He was with us in school. Our teachers attended church, and when they scolded us for talking or not wearing our eyeglasses, Jesus walked past us and smiled. He was with us at home. Our parents entertained college students, all there and then of just one gender, with sandwiches and pickles. The men stood when their hostess entered the room. They wore ties. Jesus sampled the sandwiches with us. He was with us in the summer. He felt the glow of a warm campfire on a cool mountain night. And when the ministers worried whether there was too much kissing, too much holding hands, Jesus worried too. And then you could see him, by the mind's eye almost, holding a young couple as they held each other. He was with us when we grew up and became teenagers ourselves. He was with us when all hell broke loose, 
when older boys or younger men went off in pressed uniforms to someplace on a map we had seen in school, when some came home and when some partly came home and when some did not come home, he wept. He was with us in college, at marriage, in studies, at work. You go with your friends. So if your friends go off to college, you may too. If they enlist, you may too. If they take a job in the South, you may too. It is a natural thing. If people you know and love go into the ministry, you may too. It is a natural thing. If you respect somebody who is in the ministry, you may be inclined to preach. If with your parents and with pride you have the pastor to Sunday dinner, you might think about taking that seat and holding that fork and intoning that prayer. And if you grow up with Reverend Jones and sense that she is a real human being, you might try to become one such yourself. If the kind of people who are your kind of people enter Christian service, you might too. And if your mother and father and grandparents and spiritual aunts and uncles and a boyfriend or girlfriend or two study for the ministry, you may too. It is a natural thing. Trust your experience, honor your instincts, listen to your heart, and mostly attend to your relationships. Your relationships are crucial, crucial in the dawning of a sense of vocation. It takes a long time to grow a preacher. Relationships hold the key, for our gospel calls you to serious relationships. Foxes have their holes, birds of the air their nests, but the Son of Man, no place to lay his head. Let the dead bury the dead. You go and preach the kingdom of God. One who sets his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Second, relationship with God. A longing deeper than the relationships of human being to human being, not human doing to human doing, human being to human being. A longing deeper than that relationship surrounds us. A deeper longing brought our forebears close enough to hear at least some of them. A call to the ministry. Theirs and ours is a deeper longing, a longing for a relationship with God. Without such, our hearts are tragically, endlessly, painfully restless. St. Augustine of Hippo at long last found himself and his soul and his true vocation by finding a personal relationship to God. He is with us this morning in lead and glass to my right hand. 
Yes, Augustine entered the ministry. He became a priest and bishop in North Africa about 400 AD. He wrote 500 letters, 200 sermons, and two great books. In an age like yours of intercultural conflict, Augustine made sense of faith's highest vision, the city of God. In a culture like yours, that wore the name tag of Christianity without fully understanding its meaning, Augustine celebrated the grace of God. In a political climate like yours that honored highly individualized freedom and the power to choose, Augustine praised God's freedom, freedom to choose, and acclaimed the freedom of God. In a highly sexualized age like ours, Augustine colorfully confessed his own wandering, his own mistakes, which he attested did test but did not exhaust the patience of God. And in a religious climate like ours, which buffeted a truly biblical belief, Augustine praised his maker and so reminded the church of the proper praise of God. And his confessions, perhaps part of your summer reading, his great autobiography is a prayer, a prayer for the city of God, by the grace of God, in the freedom of God, to the patience of God as the praise of God. Augustine found a relationship with God and was ordained and vice versa. It may be that the only way God has to relate to some of us to get our attention, to mute our pride, to kindle our affection, is to get us, at least some of us, into the ministry. Baptism and confirmation suffice for most. But for the really hard cases, the guy who wrote the book on pride, the gal whose picture is alongside the dictionary definition of sloth, the one who embodies real falsehood, like us, like Augustine, like you. God keeps ordination in reserve for us. Long ye for God? Preach, said John Wesley. Preach it until you believe it, and then preach it because you believe it. Long ye for God? Hear the call to ministry. Thirty-four years ago this spring, I preached my first sermon in New Hope, New York. It does not take long to go from being a young Turk to becoming an old turkey. Who is it you? Oh, well, come along.
to take our place. Foxes have their holes, birds of the air their nests. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Let the dead bury the dead, proclaim the kingdom of heaven. One who sets his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Who will come along to take our place? Is it you? Amen.
As we prepare our hearts for prayer, you are welcome to follow your tradition and stand, remain seated, or come forward to kneel at the altar rail. Now let us sing together hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord. God, our help in ages past, our hearts are glad and our souls rejoice. We have the blessed assurance that we are not forgotten when we die. We praise you and thank you for this promise fulfilled through our Savior, Jesus Christ. All that we need, you provide. We thank you. We welcome you to lead us, Holy Spirit. Help us to grow in faith. Give us the desire to hear and the readiness to obey God's word. We confess that we have not always listened for his voice. And even when we have heard, many times we have failed to obey. We confess these sins. Greed, arrogance, envy, and rage are among them. As your children, we offer these sins to be nailed to the cross. God, forgive us and be in our minds so that we have the ability to discern between our sinful nature and the fruit of the Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit to guide us so that we may approach others with love, patience, kindness, generosity, and gentleness. Heavenly Father, we pray for the peace, faith, and self-control to accept your course for our lives, regardless of the consequences. We pray for the infirmed. We ask for healing mercies for those who are convalescing after treatment. We ask for strength and courage for those fighting medi facing medical procedures. Give the hands of the medical personnel, the first responders, or a passerby offering assistance. We pray for peace to those who are looking for an answer to the maladies that torment them, as well as those who, for whom nothing more can be done. We also ask for the peace for those who grieve the recent or impending loss of a dear loved one. Bless them so that they may be com comforted with faithful confidence like that of the Apostle Paul, who looked forward to the transition to his eternal home with the Lord. Bless our nation and its leaders as they struggle with the challenges we all face. Though we are diverse in many ways, class, race, religion, and politics, to name a few. We are e pluribus unum, one in many. 
Help us to value and respect our differences as a source of strength rather than a reason for division. We call on you, O God, for you will answer us. Give ear to us and hear our prayers, for we offer them in the name of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. And we pray together as he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. It is a joy once again to greet you this morning and especially our visitors from the United Church of Christ New England Regional Youth Event. We hope that your weekend here at Boston University has been a source of rest and renewal for you and that you go back to your churches and bear that spirit with you. We would note that next Sunday, July 4th, we are indeed here. It is a communion Sunday and we hope you'll join us for potluck downstairs following the service. We hope you'll keep an eye on the chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, for upcoming events and activities. You can follow us there on Twitter or Facebook as well. And we hope you'll uh, fill out the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew that we may get to know you better and help you get to know one another better and help you keep connected with the life and ministry of Marsh Chapel throughout the days and weeks ahead. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
give, th give you thanks, O God, this day for life and health and peace. Bless these gifts and those who have given them for the building up of the people of God and the service of the world. Amen. The sun shall warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, 
God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.